Hello, my name is Frau Gallia, and I want to welcome you to An Aromatic Life. Today I've got a really fun episode for you, a topic that I bet you've never really thought about, your nostrils. Yeah, your nostrils. Have you ever thought about why you have two nostrils? I mean, we have two eyes, we have two ears, so why not two nostrils? Well, it turns out that there's a reason why your nose has two nostrils. For one, it's really important for your safety and for your health, which I'll get into. But also, the aspect that I like to talk about on this podcast, smelling, well, the truth is your two nostrils let you smell more effectively, and they allow you to perceive more of the world around you. So I'm going to take you through everything you've ever wanted to know about nostrils in this episode. And as always, at the end, I'll wrap it all up with a little reflection. I'll talk about how you can apply what you've learned in your everyday life. So I won't keep you in suspense any longer. Let's get to it. Enjoy the episode. So today I thought we could have a little fun get a little curious about things we don't really think about much, but that really do affect how we perceive the world. I mean, have you ever really wondered why you have two nostrils? Well, maybe you haven't. Maybe you have. Come on, you have to just wonder a little, be a little curious. I mean, you think that when you breathe in, you're taking in the air, you know, you're inhaling odors all around you equally. I always thought that it was just straight up into your nose. That's it. So why not have just one nostril? I tried to think about what it means to have two eyes. The advantage of having two eyes is kind of obvious. If you cover one eye with your hand, you realize pretty quickly how hard it is to navigate with only one eye open. Well, it turns out that having two eyes lets us see things in 3D. And with 3D, you can also perceive the depth of something in front of us. Okay, so I get why you need two eyes. So then I was thinking, Okay, what about our two ears? Well, it turns out the same is true for ears. We have two ears so we can hear in stereo. You don't have to move your head to be able to figure out which direction the sound is coming from. For example, if you sit in front of an orchestra, you can close your eyes and point out pretty accurately where the trumpets are and where the drums are. I learned that for both eyes and ears, our brain takes advantage of the fact that it receives slightly different information from each eye or ear. And this slight difference lets the brain calculate where the sound or the image came from. The best thing is that we don't even realize how the brain makes the calculation. It comes naturally to us to isolate a sound or an image. So how about our sense of smell? Well, with our sense of smell, it's a little different. Sure, as part of our nose, we have two nostrils, just like we have two eyes and two ears. But it's not only that. Inside our nose, there's a barrier in the middle. It's called the septum. And that separates the left side from the right side. So really, you have two noses within your nose, which are completely separated from each other. But why do we have these two noses, which are completely separated from each other? Why do we have two nostrils? You'd think after what I just talked about in terms of how our two ears and our two eyes work, you could assume our sense of smell works the same way and that the two nostrils let us isolate where a smell comes from. Well, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. 
To illustrate this, let's take a look at a 2006 study from the University of California, Berkeley, just up the road from me here. A graduate student named Alan Liu conducted an experiment to find out whether mammals, in this case dogs and humans, compare information coming from their two nostrils in order to help them track a scent, just like they compare information from their ears to locate a sound. And what he discovered was really interesting. First, let's take a look at what he did with the dogs. So in the experiment, he had the dogs follow the scent of a pheasant. There's a picture here, which I'll try to describe to you since you can't see it. The trail of the pheasant scent is represented by a yellow line, which is a fairly straight line. And then there's a red line, which represents how the dog is actually tracking the scent. And what you see in the picture, what the experiment showed was that the dog trying to track the scent doesn't follow the yellow scent line closely. So in the picture, you see these wide zigzags in red back and forth. It shows how the dog is trying to pick up the scent of the pheasant. And what the red zigzag line represents is how the dog is actually smelling. So you see the dog crosses over the pheasant's track until he realizes he lost the scent. So then he returns until he finds it again. Really wide zigzags. It's very interesting. As humans, we're actually able to do the same thing as, this, as the research showed. So in the experiment, scientists soaked a 33-foot string in chocolate essence and laid it in the grass. They then dressed the participants in such a way that blocked their senses of sight, hearing, and touch, which eliminated all clues other than smell to guide them along the trail. They were told to get on all fours and sniff like bloodhounds. And what happened was that two-thirds of the participants were able to follow the chocolate scent to the end of the trail within three attempts. Interestingly, all participants zigzagged along the trail in the same way that tracking dogs follow a scent. So really, our nose can be as good as a dog's nose in detecting a scent if we focused on smelling more. Remember, we're more visual creatures, and if we trained our nose more, I think we could be just as good as the dogs are. But back to the experiment. So for half of the participants, the researchers actually blocked one nostril while the other half could use both nostrils. And what they found was that while those with one nostril blocked could still track the scent of chocolate, those with two open nostrils track the scent quicker and with fewer deviations from the trail. This is represented in the picture. You see the person smelling the chocolate along a trail. And again, the yellow line represents a fairly straight line of chocolate sent across the lawn. And the red zigzag line represents the person smelling. But it's a much tighter zigzag than that of the dog, which is interesting. What they discovered was that apparently the mammalian brain compares smells between nostrils to tell where an odor is coming from in the same way that the brain compares the sounds entering a person's two ears to locate a source. Up until that point, a lot of researchers thought that this was unlikely because a mammal's nostrils, for example, in a mouse, are too close together to receive distinctly different smells. But in fact, the human brain compares information from the two nostrils to turn the smell information into spatial information. So you see, two is better than one. I'll put the link to the study in the episode notes in case you want to read more about it. So the question remains, why do we have two nostrils? Well, the body is amazing. There's actually a purposeful function for each of the nostrils. But before I tell you what each of the nostrils function is, let's take a look at the mechanics a little bit. 
basically at a top level, at any given time, one nostril is letting less air pass through the nose than the other. And every few hours, the nostrils switch turns. So they alter their nasal airflow speed. Isn't that wild? So to be more specific, you have something called a nasal cycle. That's where the mucous membrane of one of the nostrils is always a little bit more swollen than the other. The swelling means that the blood vessels in the mucous membrane get larger, which means there's more blood in there. And the swelling means the mucous membrane as a whole gets thicker, and so there's less space for air in the nose. And after two to three hours, one nostril's mucous membrane changes, and the mucous membrane of the other nostril is more swollen. And this goes on and on, day and night. Of course, you usually don't realize your mucous membrane is swollen since the swelling is very slight. You really don't perceive the swelling as such. The only time you'll probably notice this nasal cycle is when you have a cold. In that case, both nostrils are typically swollen. Think about when you're lying in bed and you're trying to sleep, and if you're anything like me, you have a hard time breathing because a cold means your nose is stuffed up completely. And there are nuances to this stuffiness. Maybe at some point, finally, one of the nostrils that was so stuffed is finally opening up. At the same time, the other nostril gets blocked. Voila, that's an example of the nasal cycle together with the effect of a cold. It's much more pronounced than when we smell otherwise, when we're healthy, smelling every single day. So what is it good for? Why is it set up this way biologically? Well, we don't exactly know why, but the idea has been put forward that the nasal cycle is important for our immune system. We know that the nose acts as an air filter so that all kinds of harmful substances like toxins, viruses, bacteria, you name it, anything in the air that we inhale, we don't get to that to more sensitive organs such as the throat or the lungs. So the nose's mucous membrane is exposed to all these dangerous things. And since they stay in the nose, the immune system has to handle them there. The hypothesis of the nasal cycle is that one side of the nostril is maximally open so that the body can breathe air. And with that, toxic substances like viruses, bacteria, etc., all that stuff is filtered and stays in the nasal mucous membrane. At the same time, blood vessels in the other nostrils are open. Remember, this is the nostril that has the swollen mucous membrane, which means there's a lot of blood in there. So scientists believe that this swelling allows the immune cells in the blood to have maximum access to fight the toxins coming in. It's like one nostril gets cleaned up while the other nostril is maximally at work. Then after a couple of hours, the side switch. Now the nostril that was at work before gets a cleanup while the other is back in action, helping us breathe in the air. Isn't that so cool? It's advantageous to have two nostrils, actually, because it gives the body the chance to simultaneously clean up the air filter of the nose, while also allowing us to breathe with the other nostril. So now you know why you have two nostrils and how they work. But I want to touch on what this means for smelling. You know, smelling smells, odors, scents. Well, the two nostrils actually play an interesting role in smelling and how you perceive smells. So let me explain. When we smell something, these odors, these volatile compounds, as they're called, 
they come up through our nostrils, high up into the nose, and then they bind to these things called odor receptors. These receptors are in something called the olfactory epithelium. So it's been described as this sticky fly paper of sorts, the olfactory epithelium is. I won't get into the details in this episode, but just so you know, that this point of interaction is where the physical molecule, the odor that was swirling in the air, it's when it interacts with the receptors. And at that point, it gets turned into an electrical nerve cell, which is so cool. So it goes from being chemical to suddenly being electrical. And that signal gets sent to the brain. Obviously, it's a lot more complex than I'm just explaining here. But for the purpose of what we're talking about today, I want you to know that odors get perceived by the brain. The way you know a rose is a rose, or the way you feel happy when you smell an orange, is through this transformation. It's often called a transduction. That's the formal name of it. And this is happening at the olfactory epithelium. Okay, so you're sniffing what's in the air, and the odor molecules come into the nose through the nostrils, right? Now, remember, I just told you that our nostrils breathe at different rates. One nostril is always a little bit more swollen than the other one, which means odors enter the nose and reach the receptors at different speeds, depending on which nostril they come through, depending on their weight and their size. Some odors travel up faster and interact with the receptors more quickly than other odors. It turns out that some of the odor molecules that pass through need more time than others to bind to these receptors. So a low airflow nostril gives slow acting odors more time to be detected. And that means because of this double action nostril airflow capability, you're able to detect a greater variety of odors. Your two nostrils, each of them working together, help you smell more of the world around you. They give you more dimension and they help you perceive more. So there you have it. Now you know why you have two nostrils. Now you know how they work and most importantly, what role they play in smelling the world around you. I hope you found it interesting. I hope it made you think about your nose a little bit more, about how the two nostrils work together to help you stay safe and healthy, but also how they help you smell. So as always, I wanna leave you with a little exercise to try, something you can apply in your everyday life based on what you learned in this episode. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to try smelling different things around you and see how quickly you pick up the scent. So try smelling your coffee, maybe your food, some fruit, smell your clothes, your shampoo when you're showering, basically anything that has an odor. If you happen to have some essential oils lying around, you can do this experiment by comparing two oils with different volatilities. For instance, citrus oils like lemon or orange are highly volatile. They're made up of very lightweight molecules. You'll perceive them fairly quickly. Whereas wood oils like sandalwood, they have lower volatility because they're made up of heavier molecules. You'll perceive them a little bit more slowly. Mind you, these are nanoseconds. Your sense of smell is highly complex, but hopefully you can detect even these little slight nuances in perceiving different odors. In another episode, I'll go deeper into what in perfumery we like to call top, middle, and base notes, which is about volatility of substances. But for the purpose of this episode and how we want to apply what we've learned, 
This exercise is to let you have a little fun with your nostrils, take in all kinds of different smells, and notice how quickly or not that transduction, that switch from physical substance to electrical signal to the brain, how long that takes. Really, my hope is that you smell more of the world around you, smell more purposefully, be in the present moment and take it all in. Now you know one way we perceive the world through smells, using our two nostrils. Yes, two nostrils. They help us to get the dimension, the depth, everything to experience things in a richer way. Thank you for joining me on An Aromatic Life. If you're interested in learning more about your sense of smell from all different perspectives, subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends too. And it would be really helpful if you could rate the podcast so it helps others find it too. I also invite you to check out my website, falkaromatherapy.com, where you'll find information about workshops, courses, and other programs I offer. And make sure you grab my free audio training, How to Smell to Be Well, which you can download from my website. Until next time, remember to smell everything and have a wonderful day.